This is the Picard Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We are talking about the finale of Star Trek Picard. Season 3, Episode 10, The Last Generation. Data, what the hell are you doing? I've got this, Jordy. Data, it's impossible. Data? Trust me. Data, I said no. Statistically, probability, yes. It's nearly impossible. But my... My gut tells me I should do this. Your gut? Yes. You've got to be sure, Data. Please, everyone, just trust me. All right. We go with Data's gut. Here goes nothing. Wait, what do you mean, nothing? Hey, no! Welcome back, fellow Trekkies and Trekkers. This is TV Podcast Industries. We are back talking about the final ever episode of Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 10, The Last Generation. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Trekkies and Trekkers. I'm one of your other hosts, John. Resistance is futile because I am Chris. Well done, Chris. Well done. (laughs) This is the final time we're talking about Picard. How weird is that? I know, but good job is I am convinced now that we will definitely be getting another show uh, with the new... (laughs) Spoilers! With the the new crew Mm. aboard uh, the Enterprise. The new Enterprise. Big spoilers. Uh, Yes, we are talking full spoilers for this episode. Hope you've watched it. End credit sequence as well, yes. (laughs) Well, uh, another piece of good news. Uh, We are currently away on holidays at the moment. We have uh, left Ireland. We are away on our big holidays until uh, until May. And with huge thank you to uh, to Paramount Plus, we were able to get the episode a bit early. So we're recording our episode a couple of days before the rest of the world gets to see it, thankfully. Uh, And that allows us to put it out on time for the episode's release. But it does mean we have no feedback in here, which is okay. It it's is. okay this time. Do you know why it's okay as Be- well? Because we've got our roundup episode. Exactly. Uh, so we can cover the episode 10 feedback in that. Yeah. And the other thing that we'll cover in there, of course, is our final Picard 10 Forward pub quiz. Um, we will, of course, give out our 10th question of the pub quiz later on in the episode. And if you've been gathering together all the questions and answers for the season, you'll be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Star Trek Picard goodies. We'll be announcing that in our wrap-up session, which will happen after we get back from our holidays uh, in the middle of May. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Excellent. Well, let's get into our discussion about the finale of Star Trek Picard. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Fire, number one. For the final time, this show was created by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Shabon, Christian Bayer, and Alex Kurtzman. And this episode was written and directed by showrunner for, the, for this season, Terry Metalis, a writer and director credit on this one. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Yes. Good, huh? Very good. Good to see. It, it, uh, it again further supports our theory. Mm-hmm. Yes, of... The showrunner writing or maybe directing or doing both uh, for the 
maybe the start and the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely the guiding hand on this show, whether he's uh, got the major writing credit or not. This is his vision uh, put onto screen. So, uh, so great yeah. to see that for the final episode. Definitely. You can see his hand is through this, and kind of you can see the things that were started at the simple lines in the beginning mm-hmm. were pulled back in the end. Here. Exactly, Beautiful. exactly. So, John. Do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the final episode of Star Trek Picard, The Last Generation? Sure. With Admiral Picard back in charge of the Enterprise D, he and his crew search for the source of the Borg signal that has taken control of Starfleet. They identify a Borg cube hidden in the gases of Jupiter and track Jack Crusher at the centre of it all. As the away team boards the cube to stop the signal and save the galaxy, they separate with Riker and Worf navigating the vessel to deactivate the broadcast beacon, while John Luke follows Beverly Crusher's guidance to find their son. Meanwhile, Seven, Raffi and some of the crew retake the Titan from the Borg Control's younger crew, trapping them in the transporter room. When they learn the Enterprise-D is battling the Borg, the Titan takes on the fleet to fight for what it has taken from them. Aboard the cube, they discover the Borg drones are dead. The only life sign is Jack, who is under the control of the twisted Borg Queen. Unable to extract him from the coercive control, Picard plugs back into the collective and convinces Jack to leave. As Riker and Worf locate the beacon, Data steers the Enterprise through the interior of the cube and destroys it along with the Queen, ending the signal to the young members of Starfleet and the attack on Earth. Picard, Riker and Worf are beamed off the Borg cube just in time. With the attack on Earth averted, now Admiral Crusher uses her experience to remove all traces of the organic Borg technology from all of Starfleet, and also uncover any hidden changelings. Seven meets with Admiral Tuvok, who reveals that her former Captain Shaw had recommended her for Captain on her last evaluation, and she's given command of the Titan. A year later, Jack Crusher takes his place aboard Captain Seven's ship. In honour of Picard and his crew, it has been renamed the Enterprise 1701G, and as they exit space dock, the crew are ready to begin their own legacy. While Picard, Riker, LaForge, Beverly, Troy, Data and Worf play a long-delayed game of poker in 10 forward, Jack Crusher gets a visit from the omnipotent Q. He tells him... Picard's trials are over, but his have only just begun. I think we got everything that we could have possibly wanted in this last episode. I think and so. And the kitchen sink. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, John did describe it as a little bit, um, a little bit Return of the King um, from Lord of the Rings, with uh, many endings to tie up everything to do with the series. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I have to say, I absolutely loved the ride. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Don't care about so many endings it was good to see where yep. they all are like i love them playing the the game of poker mm-hmm. in 10 forward and Absolutely. just it, it really hanging on it as well which mm-hmm. i really liked um you know with the yeah. credits and so on i thought it was really good and um, although i was wondering whether they were actually having a game of poker or whether they were just shuffling a little bit and, yeah. and chucking a few chips down every now and then i think it was more the latter i think it might have been uh, but you know <laughs> that's what you have to do but it's fab no really good and all fans of the next generation always used to love those moments when you got the the crew on a bit of downtime chatting to each other over a game of poker so um and it used to be the bridge crew without picard he eventually joined uh 
in with the team. So, uh, so oh, lovely to kind of end on that note with the group. Yeah. I very much felt like Captain America, Steve Rogers, going, I understood that reference. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got that one. I got that one. I got that. There's another one. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was what we, it was the nostalgic fan service mm-hmm. that as a way to close, it's not even uh, very much as you said, John, it's Return of the King. It's not nostalgia and fan service for just cheap sakes. Mm-hmm. It was targeted and written in a way as a thank you to the fans for the years and again if you're not a, if you haven't followed the next generation for 20 odd years mm-hmm. you're okay because it's still good just narrative yeah kind of good written scenes exactly and, and yeah. all episodes available now on paramount plus <laughs> they didn't yes. pay me to say that i promise you no, absolutely <laughs> but yes you can go back and watch everything uh, <laughs> over there so. but I, I i really do like the little i and the nod forward um, mm-hmm. with potentially um, a Seven of Nine series. Well, um, yes. With, with uh, special advisor Jack Crusher yeah. uh, as well as Rafi. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we get yes. into our points. We always start off with our small point, our small moment from the episode. Make it so, number one. And usually a quote from the episode uh, that we like uh, to talk about. Who wants to start off with their quote from the episode that they enjoy? John, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll I'll kick off. Um, I just, uh, the quote I've got is um, Geordie's uh, quote where he says, we're out of time, let's hope they have a little left. Mm. I just really, really enjoyed this, just given what they realize about the beacon that they have to destroy Mm -hmm. with it being you know, Death Star-like right in the heart of the cube. Um, I thought it was a really nice line delivered by Geordie in that yeah. moment uh, as the captain, you know, with the the pain of not only himself and, and you know, Data with the loss of friends and, and former comrades and, mm-hmm. and colleagues, but you have... Beverly with the loss of, you know, her former lover, John Luke, and her son, mm-hmm. and uh, Deanna Troy with uh, her husband, Will. So mm-hmm. I, I just really liked it. I thought it was really poignant for some reason. It, it could have almost been delivered offhand, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but I liked that, you know, it just, we're out of time. We have to take that tough decision. Yeah. But as always with Star Trek, let's hope they have a little left is mm-hmm. that little bit of hope which you know we 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 have to hang our our, our hopes on ourselves exactly. and and so yeah i i really enjoyed yeah. that and it I, do, it does make it great though doesn't it because we've came we come into this season going this is the final season of picard it's probably going to happen that we're going to lose some major characters here in the final episode and it, it was that moment when you go there's a sacrifice here maybe this time that one minute will be enough to get them off the board. Exactly. Um, Real dread there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was going to be TNG, G standing for the next genocide, ultimately. (laughs) I I thought like literally half of them were going to get wiped out here. Um, So I really liked that. And I think just one other point, which kind of just comes after that, um, is I just loved seeing... Geordie in the captain's chair, mm-hmm. and I loved it after the events around the Borg cube. I guess as they're going back to Earth, where it's Data, Geordie, and Worf in those three command seats. Um, that was really good. And to top it all off, with uh, Worf having uh, a little sleep, having dozed off because of uh, all the the effort that had 
had been put into Absolutely. his away mission. Yeah, yeah, I'll tuck it out after a hard <laughs> day's fight. Right. I recognize that. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, if any of our listeners want to know what it's like every now and again, when the three of us get together late into the night, uh-huh. it is essentially John is Worf asleep <laughs> in the corner. Derek is essentially Data sitting there going, I've just steered this ship for the day. I'm taking some time and me just giggling. <laughs> so there you go. I am Geordie. Exactly. I'm usually blind <laughs> like as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> blind, drunk, more like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Chris, how about you? What's your uh, What's your moment of the episode? I, I'm going to take another a wharf, wharf and Riker related. It is the you've had a phaser in there the whole time. <laughs> I was like, that is just peak. Klingon peak wharf mm-hmm. and peak Riker just like berating him going like what the uh because it's just fun it's just like they've battled they've been fighting and uh-huh. he's like yeah I'm not gonna take the easy way it's too enjoyable to cut them. <laughs> yeah exactly like, swords are fun yes yeah I'm like it's a fun way the only additional bit which I'm really interested was like he lifted the the weight mm-hmm. of the sword and it was like dragging him down I'm like Oh yeah, like you forget, like the batleth that they used to fight with was also super heavy, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh yeah, it's not just a sword; like it's Klingons are super strong exactly. in comparison to humans. Yeah. Um, so you just again a really small nod that I went, I I get that reference, I, I remember, remember it. Yeah. and also <laughs> just a nice comedic, absolutely uh, line just to kind of soften what's going into a very narrative heavy kind of mm-hmm. uh, emotional beginning and kind of middle of the episode so yeah just a really nice quick line yeah excellent excellent um they were great comic relief uh throughout yeah. this episode that was uh also my line coming from uh the interaction between wrecker and uh and wharf uh first one we see on screen where uh where picard's saying right i'm going down to the ship now and wrecker's going uh you're not going alone and uh wharf's response <laughs> with uh i'll make it a threesome and Riker just instantly going do you even hear yourself speak <laughs> sometimes uh great moments uh, throughout the episode there's some great banter between the two of them they work really well together uh as uh, you know the the number one uh usually captain uh in charge of everything going on and the um the slightly overly aggressive uh would we say pacifist aggressive with that, that that the way you call uh call wharf <laughs> and how he handles situations but the two of them uh together working really well here so yeah uh, yeah loved, loved that moment so i will make it a threesome yeah it's really interesting actually i thought that line was great and i thought i actually thought uh riker had some a whole rake of uh lines through this Mm -hmm. which i just thought were really poignant like um a bit like with geordie's i I really liked it were you know him and wolf go to save picard Mm -hmm. um despite the chain reaction that's about to go happen sort of effectively taking themselves out of transporter range of enterprise and um, I like where he just says, you know, I owe him a lifetime. Uh, the the least I can do is spur a minute. Spur so one minute, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, he had some really good stuff mm-hmm. there uh, mixed in. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed uh, Riker's lines here in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll echo that. So the one that got me choked mm-hmm. was, and we'll talk more about the actual bit in this later in our next few points, but the line he says to diana where he's kind of just saying goodbye yes. to himself yeah yeah to her and she just picks it up to but when he says we'll see you when he talks about his dead son mm-hmm. and him we'll see you 
yeah. in uh, later. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God damn right in the, like <laughs> just and they use that as a narrative like they the worst part is like they use that so well because they use it as a connection and like to move the plot even and connect i was just like that's just a goodbye line yeah yeah that should be just a thank you so much so long and thanks for all the fish mm. and they use it as a way to actually move the story and cl- i was just, oh <laughs> and the line is beautiful delivered amazingly absolutely and it also connects to the last time we saw Riker almost losing a li- his life unable to make a communication unable to record anything to Imzadi yep. to diana to say his final goodbye here he has the words he's reconnected with her he has the ability to say something to her it's be- yeah beautiful yeah. moment really good yeah i i think as well I'm sure this is my working theory anyway, is just simply the fact that the, this group of, of people, actors, um, spent so much time together, mm-hmm. seemingly all have a really healthy relationships yeah. with one another. Um, even though they may not see them so much, it just echoes through these episodes of, yeah. you know, uh, all that sentiment. And it's almost something that, the byproduct of that means that, and this has happened all the way through the the three seasons. Those moments where they meet with people from the next generation mm-hmm. have yeah. felt really, really just genuine yeah. as well. Yeah. And you really got that sense between Picard and Riker, you know, oozing through from Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Frakes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really good. Like even just at the end where they just have, you know, it's. A, a bit of a hug, a tap on the shoulder, yeah. and uh, it feels proper, properly emotional. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Which has been the big benefit all season this season, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Some great lines and great moments. Those are our, our top uh, lines from the episode. Let's go on to our medium moments. Implement the Omega Directive immediately. So, yes, our medium moments from the episode. Uh, John, do you want to kick us off with your medium moment, your Absolutely. Omega Directive? Absolutely. It's Deanna Troy's handbrake turn <laughs> in the Enterprise <laughs> D. So cool. Oh, I love it. I loved it. I loved her joyriding, sort of just giving that sort of wiggle of the Enterprise D's uh, tailpipes um, as she she comes to the rescue mm-hmm. um, to save her man, uh, Will Riker. Um, I, I just really liked it. Um, I was not expecting it. And actually, I mean, it's completely outrageous, but it, it's just a great moment to me as they look up because the the ceiling of, uh, you know, whatever floor they're on with uh, in the Bull Queen's antechamber is yeah, kind of ripping sure. off yeah. because of this chain reaction after destroying the beacon. Mm-hmm. And you just see the Enterprise D do a great big handbrake turn. <laughs> um, you know, come screeching to a halt yeah. as uh, they they pull them out with the transporter to save Will, Worf, Picard, and uh, and Jack. So mm-hmm. I really, uh, really like that uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. I just like the fact that, you know, we hear data, you know, the shockwave is kind of interfering with the sensors, can't lock onto the life signs down there. And again, it's that moment, as you were just mentioning, where Will is effectively just projecting that I'll be there with my son waiting for you mm-hmm. you know we'll see you soon 
and that is sensed through the emotional waves that um a betazoid can can pick up and i yeah. love that it was diana here and she just races over to the other um helms console mm-hmm. uh, and takes the enterprise d for a spin i mean Absolutely. because as well it was just i guess just the focus because it's been set up that you know data is taking it through because the computer can't really find a way and he's like i can do this it's in my gut and then diana's taking over in this moment is pure gut and emotion mm-hmm. exactly and yeah that image will forever stay with me <laughs> of the enterprise d being ridden like uh, a rude boy by diana it's <laughs> so good you, know, so you good, could see it? her pimping it out so yeah. pimping pimp my spaceship yeah. you know <laughs> but that's it i guess the enterprise d runs much more on emotion than uh than any other ship in the fleet right because yeah. it's uh it's probably been used by these uh by these characters so many times this this crew so many times so it responds to to them a bit more uh like you're right that that scene is fantastic but i do love uh data's scene beforehand showing off yeah. his his flight skill you know again oh. it's it's kind of a opposite to the way you would have previously had data you know everybody would trust him to make the moves that only a computer could make and what he's saying here is i'm much more than that now my gut feels i can absolutely make yeah. uh, this trip in amongst the uh, the borg ship to get to this point uh, i thought it was fantastic there's absolutely echoes of the millennium falcon going through uh, going through the death star 2 uh, on its bomber run and return of the jedi no problems with that at all no, steal absolutely. from the best and make it as cool as this. Uh, no yeah. problems. Absolutely, <laughs> watch it, uh, absolutely. Watch it every time. Hundred percent for me. This traversal through the cube, which again is a cube. Last we weren't sure if it was a city last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely it's just a big cube with a lot of antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, the traversal through looked fantastic. Yeah, they spent the money here on the VFX, mm-hmm. and like even that bombing run done by Crusher. Oh yes, like. That was spectacular. <sighs> yeah. Like, I, I haven't seen something like this in a long time mm-hmm. because they gave a majority of the, each of the characters who are essentially just on a starship piloting it a specific task to get them to the next stage. Exactly. And it, it's essentially like showing again how they've now working as a crew, running mm-hmm. together as a crew, and they fall back on that those gut feelings and beliefs yeah. on each other. Yeah. Um, but Deanna, just as you said, that like handbrake turn in a starship <laughs> in looks brilliant. Great. The one thing I was like, I always thought the start, the, the Enterprise was bigger mm. and it looked bigger in later bits, but I think it was just that it's, it's like, if anyone understands Father Ted references, this starship is up close. This starship <laughs> is far away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just looked a bit smaller than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yes. So the ceiling is gone. And now we're looking up as if this was essentially where our moon is. Something like uh, that. Yeah. Something like <laughs> yeah. that. And you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. It is a big ship, but it is interesting. I know John was uh, mentioning that last week when you compare it against the other ships that are in Starfleet uh, at the moment. It looks very sleek and small. And uh, in yeah. comparison to the, uh, what did you call them? Swall ships last yeah, week? Swall, <laughs> yeah. Swall, swall chunky <laughs> ships. John's favorite new word of this year Uh, i just i always thought it was like in this scene it looked like a defiant Mm. it looked like the defiant size in comparison (laughs) to say a voyager it's basically a runabout yeah yes (laughs) 
<laughs> but overall, look, this was an amazing scene, and I'm yeah. glad they, they the way they did this, especially with it stemming to a degree from Riker mm-hmm. and his connection. And again, that Derek, you called it out. It was the 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 connection scene. To again, each episode actually gave us something yeah. that culminated in this. Exactly. Again, why I'm very happy with the narrative and how that played out. Without a doubt. Yeah. And I will have to call out uh, Beverly Crusher's excellent line after uh, doing the uh, the carpet bombing and uh, and phaser <laughs> attack on the board cube. I love that everybody just stops and looks at her, kind of going, yeah. you, you were the doctor. And she kind of goes, ah, a lot has happened in the last 20 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, really enjoyed that. that really she's good. a genocidal monster now. Well, <laughs> she's learned some things. That's yeah, it. she's learned some tricks um, and new skills yeah. for sure. I, I think as well, I really enjoyed seeing the, the shields around the, the Enterprise D as well. Oh, yeah. Just like on its escape mm-hmm. from the cube as it's blowing up, but also cool, as Beverly is doing this this bombing run and, and firing away just uh the sort of that oval protective shield mm. around uh the Enterprise D I thought looked really cool. Yeah. It, it I don't know for some reason whether it's because they're kind of using the old way of showing the Mm. the 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 shields like they did back in the 90s you know in the same way that the transporter beam for for them it looks just the same as it did in the show yeah um and i know that they've changed up at least for like discovery and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in in terms of how it looks so whether it's just because they're kind of keeping the I guess the brand of uh, TNG yeah. shield around the Enterprise D, but it just looked really cool. I think it yeah. pro- it just felt to me like it's something that I wouldn't have thought about unless I saw it on screen. That of course the shield's going to protect them from this fireball coming in after them. Yeah. But the, the fact that you see the barrier that's protecting them as they're flying away, and you don't have anybody go shouting out "shields to thirty percent" or what they, whatever they usually shout when you see the screen, the, the shields on screen. It's just really thoughtful. Everybody's on top of their game when they're doing these scenes because they know how important they are and they know mm-hmm. how much uh, how much fun it is for all of us fans to watch uh, watch those moments. So uh, great stuff, great stuff. Yes, Diana's handbrake save, uh, great first points. How about yourself, Chris? What's your uh, what's your medium moment from the episode? I'm going to talk about some amazing um, scenes and kind of graphics to something not so much, but a, but a very poignant moment. I'm going to talk about Picard plugs back in and saves his son. And the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, this emotional kind of resonance that we've talked about again with how this was built. Picard essentially making, trying to reason with Jack while he is plugged in, and he is essentially full board. He is, and Jack is not Jack anymore. He's not. Uh, he's he is Vox. Mm-hmm. He looks like Lucutus right. as Lucutus did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, At least they got him and, allowed him to keep his hair. Yes, exactly. That's true. They could have shaved it off, which yeah. would have been more fun. Bald cap. Um, but we do like, so we see that's not working. We see the usual kind of like, oh, we, we need to push it through. And then you see something which I wasn't expecting, which was Ricard making that self sacrifice again, which mm-hmm. I should have. Yeah. Again, should have seen it. Yeah. But he's like, I have a son to save. Yeah. And plugs back into the collective. Yeah. Uh, and basically, um, Assimilates himself using the the, the kind of the, the connection, the wire back in, and you see the black lines form. Yeah, that was cool. Same way we did back in the day, and I was like, 
so interested to see that as a trick because his whole thing is he never wanted to be touching the Borg again. Exactly. So he's making the sacrifice. And then we got some cheese. Okay. Yeah. In this moment between him and Jack, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'm fine with that. It's like it's some cheesy dialogue when you're trying to convey emotion between a newly found father and son. I'm always going to be here with you. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. Mm-hmm. It just got ham-fisted because I did the calc. I, I I tried to do the calculations. Picard's known about Jack Crusher for the guts of like four days. About that, yeah. About, about that yeah. now. Yeah. Since he's like, oh, that you're Jack. He's introduced to Jack. Oh, everything's going to hell. Oh, you're my son. Oh, I, I, I just rush. Mm-hmm. So you're like. He's come to all this realization, like, I will do anything. For, I'm like, okay, what if, like, again, what if your son was, uh, like, a complete a-hole? Like, <laughs> like he, Jack's not. Luckily, Jack's not. Yeah. But you're not going to have that huge. So some of the uh, emotional outpouring from Picard's dialogue mm-hmm. was very ham-fisted and cheesy. But I get <laughs> why they did it. Like, their Shakespearean level kind of dialogue from these two actors who overall it portrays well mm. when they, they are performing this yeah like you feel this connection between the, the, this father and son yeah it was just quite i i liked it but again it was a eh, but it also it was very matrix-esque i.e the very green oh, yeah. Borgs oh, yeah. atmosphere behind them and i was yeah. like oh you could have like put them in 10 forward back into the pub where they were mm-hmm. the, when they had on the holodeck. You could have done something more like that versus fully green screen. I like, I like this. I'll, I'll tell you why in a second, okay. but none of us are parents here. I want to want to stress that I, I have heard from parents. It takes about 30 seconds of looking at your child for the first time. And then, then you know how much you love them. So oh, okay. three or four days take quite a long time. So maybe when one of us becomes a parent, <laughs> we can come back and, uh, and, and confirm uh, whether that's true or not about that. Well, <laughs> but I know what you mean, Chris, there is, there is uh, some, some really interesting dialogue there's some good moments in here what i did love is how it connects back to what we'd seen uh, throughout the season remember there's a great moment uh, earlier on in the season when um jack is remembering the time that picard pushed him away by saying his family is, is starfleet right. we have picard returning to that moment saying i thought since i had this hole in my life i would fill it up with starfleet and now i've realized the thing i was missing is having a son like you in my life you know i thought that was quite a good tie-up with why he's coming to this realization now and why when Jack saw him, he was saying Starfleet's my family. I thought that was quite a well, a well-written moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I really quite enjoyed it. Like I, I kind of liked the green cause it was, I guess it's just trying to visualize what the collective looks like. Yeah. I think, um, but also I, remember it's Jack's dream was the, uh, was the red tentacles that were coming out representing all the connections. So these, green tentacles effectively light tentacles that he's seeing are similar to what he was seeing in that hallway in the vision or in the dream yeah. that he was having so yeah it's in another a different way though yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah. kind of more waves and yeah. I, I like how jack describes it you know it, it's the waves or of the whole mm-hmm. um around me but he says through me and yeah. so on but and so I, I kind of liked that. And I, I thought like the, the line that kind of swung it for me was right at the end where Picard just says, and I think to the point of, you know, 
30 minutes for a newborn mm. is that it's because you've changed me. Yes. Um, so even though it's four days, even though it feels like potentially there's a lot of heavy lifting here, it is that, um, you know, like we were saying when, when Picard got angry because Jack didn't want to just kind of have that father-son relationship yeah. it was almost like he was annoyed and it was like to hell with it you know mm-hmm. so it, it it was that that felt really good and him kind of going in and hugging jack they're ultimately then jack remembering all those different moments um that you know over that the 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 short period of time um because even though it's been four days yeah Jack almost died as well. So not only did he find out that he was, um, you know, a, a father, he almost lost and suddenly he was no longer a father, mm-hmm. you know. So he'd kind of been through uh, a Quite fair a amount of stuff. Yeah. So I, I did kind of like uh, this and I thought it was a good way of making that emotional connection because if it was just simply unplugging um, Jack... Uh, and as the Borg Queen says, he has to choose to leave. Or else he's going to die. Otherwise, he's going to yeah. die. Yeah. So that he had to go in. Yeah. Um, so the skeptic could simply, you know, say that Picard is also, like Patrick Stewart, a damn fine actor. He's making yeah. a play. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Making a play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, look, it, it worked in the culmination of yeah. 10 episodes. Like, I was happy with how they did it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just it's just heavy dialogue. But again, it's good actors. Like it just felt like you could put these two now, and I, this is a compliment for me. You could put them on stage in the West End, mm-hmm. just black around them, and just two spotlights, and you could have that exact same conversation mm-hmm. without all the makeup and drama, and it would be still be resonant. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so. just make sure the spotlights have uh, have green lights in them and you're grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, yeah. So that's my uh, moment for this. Yeah, yeah. My my only question uh, about that moment is: um, Does Picard have to wear scarves or cravats from now on for the big hole that's left in his neck after the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the cable he yeah. plugged in? It seemed quite easy to plug it in, and um, Jack well, was not very careful pulling <laughs> the cables back out afterwards, was he? It felt as though Jack ripped that out yeah. of him. Jean Luc yeah. was struggling trying to get it back out, and uh, it just got ripped back out from from Jack. So maybe uh, he may be wearing cravats uh, from now on, back on Chateau Picard. Yeah, but Derek, what's your <laughs> medium moment? I want to kind of talk a little bit about the other side of this. The Borg, uh, their time is over, uh, is my medium moment. So, um, yes, of course, Picard coming in and saving Jack is is the big moment here. But I like the Borg, and I wanted to I wanted to have a quick quick uh, comment on what's happening with the Borg themselves. So this is the Borg Queen that we saw back in First Contact, the movie. This is that Borg Queen voiced again by Alice Krieg, as we mentioned yeah. uh, last week. Um, but a very different looking Borg Queen that we've got here. Oh, yeah. And one of the bigger elements, which is called out very early on as they go through the ship, is how few Borg drones there are aboard the ship. Um, Riker's saying, you know, a ship of this size should be thousands of drones walking around or at least... Um, at least uh, charging up or in the in in uh, stasis in their in their pods um what we what we realize uh, or what they realize quite quickly is that the borg queen has been feeding off the borg drones that are there keeping herself alive which is why she has become twisted into this into this being that looks so different 
to the queen that we've seen in the past. So um, that I thought was quite, it made her seem even more brutal, what she's willing to do here for. Yeah, and very uh, Geiger-esque as well. Oh, yeah. Much more so. I mean, there's always been an element of that, uh, like with Alien. Mm. Um, H.R. Giger's. You know, H.R. Geiger's uh, sort of design of Mm -hmm. the aliens just with the, you know, it being so dark, you know, mm-hmm. lots of tubes and yeah. piping and, and so on, but certainly with it going across her face. Yeah. But I thought it was really, really uh, effective. Um, and I like the idea that, you know, as she says, you, you sent us poisoned to the edge of space mm-hmm. um, uh, where we withered uh, and began to starve and the yeah. cries of my children began to fade. Mm-hmm. And I loved when she says, but then the voice of Jack Crusher exactly. uh, amplifies and, uh, you know, this this plan. She's certainly no fan anymore of Lacusus either. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I, I really like this warping of effectively this banishment that's happened, mm-hmm. you know, and I I kind of I like the fact that in, in a sense, you know, you can see why there is that um, alliance between the Borg and the changelings here, why yeah. that they would work together because of just that bitterness um to an entire organization in the Federation, and I think more specifically for the Borg Queen because of Lacutus. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's always been her mission was to get Lacutus back into the Borg. And now I love her line about it's not, it's no longer about assimilation, it's about evolution. Um, that idea that she's now moving on uh, with Jack because he gives different abilities now to the Borg than Lacutus would have done and they can come back, they can rise again uh, after they destroy anybody that doesn't conform to this new um, this new version of the Borg this organic version of the Borg uh, I thought that was really interesting but yeah they do discuss um, what happened with the changelings and what happened with them so it was a deal that was struck between them uh, no threat I think one of our one of our listeners was asking about what the threat was for uh, the changelings to jo- join them there's no threat it's that the two of them are on the same wavelength what's happened to uh, them because of Starfleet they've lost um, they've lost an entire generation, I think she says, to to Starfleet. So that means their goals are aligned and they work together to fulfill this plan effectively. So yeah. uh, I thought that was so interesting. And again, as I say, brutal and very threatening. Once again, when the Borg are on form, they are the most threatening uh, beings in all of Star Trek. So I uh, love them. Really, really good. Agree. For me, I agree completely. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay with how this ends, the Borg. Yes. Like... This is a fitting end for the Queen. Mm-hmm. Who we've seen in what multiple episodes, a film, mm-hmm. yeah, the different variations of the Borg and the Borg Queen mm-hmm. for this, uh, for these, for Ricard, absolutely, and and also for Voyager, a very big villain in Voyager as well. Um, so the character has been around a very long time, and sometimes with those kind of characters in sci-fi, particularly when they come back often. I will give the example of, of Daleks and Doctor Who. When they come back off it, it's very difficult to make them threatening. So um, so that's why I think this works so well. She's effectively finally abandoned an old plan and gone, I've got a new plan here, and it's a much more devastating yeah. plan than you think it is. The plan is we take everybody under 25, or whatever the equivalent is in an alien species, and everybody else is fodder and meat and dead. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, but to have that moment with Jack when he finally 
extricates himself from the collective as the ship is blowing and going, that's it. Your time, the Borg's time is over. I thought it was a great final moment there. Is it though? Do you, so this is the question. I, I have to ask the question. Do you think that's it? No. Now we know about the Borg on the wall, the, 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 the watchers on the wall and Borgati. Fine. That, that's a set. They're a separate collective. Like, we're putting them out. Mm-hmm. This Borg, which ha- seemingly is the same Borg from the Delta Quadrant, uh-huh. from this quadrant, the one who have been the thorn in Picard's side mm-hmm. and the thorn in, like, is this the end? I just, I, because the only thing I didn't see was I was expecting, like, a twitchy hand in a a kind of a, in a post-credit or something to kind of give, to leave it open. Because pretty much that, everything got destroyed. Yes. This seemingly is the last cube that came through a transwar corridor. um, Into Jupiter. Into Jupiter from another point of space. So last week we'd mentioned that that it looks like it was a nebula that the Borg Cube was in, but I mentioned there was uh, some comment from uh, Terry Mattles on on Twitter that uh, not a nebula. Uh, It is You'll find out next week. So this week we find out it is the gases of Jupiter that they're in. Um, Do I believe it's the end for the Borg? I believe it's written that way. Absolutely. This is the end of the Borg from the next generation. Do I believe there's not a writer out there that's writing Star Trek that will bring the Borg back in the future? Absolutely not. They will be brought back at some point, whether it's in a book, a comic, um, or in a future television series. Um, But I believe the arc that's been created here of the Borg being the biggest um, villains of Star Trek The Next Generation and ending them here at the end of Picard is a great arc to yep. close out that big storyline and those great villains uh, in the show. So if somebody brings them back, I'm certain they'll do a great job writing how you would bring the Borg Collective back yeah. uh, into it, whether you look at their origins or whether you look at something completely different. Um, I'm sure there's a writer out there that can do it. So uh, so yeah. I'm saying yes to the show, ending them here, but there, of course, is a possibility they'll come back at sci-fi after all. We said the exact same thing about another certain character who died last season. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Well, that <laughs> we is were true. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fitting and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably come back. And it's like, yep, yeah. there you go. Exactly. Um, Dead people I, come back all the time. I mean, even like true. Palpatine. So yeah, exactly. Over in the other, uh, the other galaxy. Star yes. galaxy. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Good stuff. Really Good stuff. Good yep, stuff. Yep. My point is the Borg's time is over for now. Um, let's go on to our final moment, our big moment from the episode. We must face the ramifications of the Prime Directive. All right. So we've talked about mostly uh, the big battle over at the Borg, uh, over the Borg cube. Uh, where's our big moments going? John, what's your big moment from the episode? Well, I'm taking us to another place in the Sol system uh, with the, the battle over uh earth uh, mm-hmm. i really enjoyed this i was really pleased that seven of nine and raffi who were back on and re- remained back on the the titan mm-hmm. um got their moment um i think uh i i kind of really just loved seven of nine's rallying cry as effectively the ship's cook is being put uh in the helmsman's uh <laughs> chair that you so know good. we are all that's left of uh, Starfleet mm-hmm. 
And that cook also is a pretty good helmsman because when it panned back, <laughs> not only does he make a fine lasagna, mm-hmm. or does he? Maybe. Does he just maintain the replicators? Um, he is also a pretty damn fine. You know, I could imagine him sort of sprinkling some seasoning as he went past all the other <laughs> ships. Um, and I, but I love this. I loved how they came up with. You know, the the cloaking device to break that line of sight propagation cool. in order to sort of break the the formation technology and mm-hmm. the synchronicity. And I loved them coming in and out and then just all the laser spread fire going off uh, from around the disc of, of the Titan. Yeah. Phasers and, everywhere. And yes. a, a few <laughs> torpedoes. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, it was that, that rallying cry of Seven of Nine, you know, we need to to buy Picard and everyone else time, mm-hmm. then effectively they are setting themselves against the rest of Starfleet. Yes. And I was like, what? Um, and I <laughs> so, thought it was really, really cool. I mean, completely over the top. I mean, that moment where you see the the space station above Earth, there's the space dock, which provides that planetary shield, and the number of phaser fire being directed at it yeah. and seeing the torpedoes being fired from all those ships. I was like, that space station has got some pretty tough shields. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess it has to because it is a single point of defense yes. and provides the whole planetary shield. Yes, but exactly. I was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, I loved all the way through this as well um, where it comes back to the board cube and you see jack just relaying the orders there's some real yeah, ju- that was a cool yeah one. like he he talks to like i think at one moment i think when the cloak is taken down i mean this is how i interpreted it uh, as the cloak is taken down by the borg uh, crew aboard the titan um and effectively seven of nine is saying you know we're effectively dead in the water mm. and you see you see all you know a number of starfleet ships starting to surround the titan and it cuts back to jack and it felt as though you know he was directing the ships as it cuts back to him around mm. the titan you know you just hear him saying fire 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 and yeah. then of course the, with uh, the space dock exploding um you hear him just say target lock for all these different cities. Yeah. Um on didn't hear Dublin in there. I think no. we're grand lads. You know? Um <laughs> yeah. so well we're exactly. a capital city. It's yeah. every other capital city I could think of in the world, but not Dublin. We're, we're fine. We're 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 <laughs> at that time in the future we are no longer around. We are an island under the water. Oh um. Chris, <laughs> way to take that glass half empty approach. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Target lock London, target lock Berlin, don't target Dublin. Uh, Target Lock, New York. (laughs) So I I thought it was I thought it was really um, cool. All of this, absolutely. Um, I even loved their um, loved their brand new invention. um, How they get all of the uh, all of the um, the new Borg uh, off the uh, off the bridge um, where they've invented um, transporter guns. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Is that? (laughs) I feel like I've seen that in not not in Portal, but I feel like I've seen that in maybe Ratchet and Clank, a a, a transporter gun where where you can shoot it and somebody gets transported to a a different location. But um, well done to them, and I like that 
since they've only just invented it, they're really nervous that they may have just transported the crew off the ship. Uh, so they have to go and check and make sure they've all been, uh, been sent to the transporter yeah. room where they're supposed to go. Uh, so uh, very cool. How do you think um, Seven copes as a captain? Do you like her as a captain? Oh, absolutely. She can give the speech. Mm-hmm. She can. She has the strategy. She utilizes, you know, Good all, all her crew. You know, yeah. she's use, utilizing Rafi for... The, the intel yeah. and you can you know she's utilizing the cook to fly the ship Absolutely. you know she's making the best of what best she's of got the tools so, are yep. um I really really enjoyed this yeah. um I, it, you know it did feel the David and Goliath type uh, of, of thing Always and uh, yeah I, I kind of really enjoyed this this battle above earth but uh yeah that and that just the opening of all the phases attacking mm-hmm. the space dock I was just like whoa Absolutely. okay um and yeah just seeing uh jack being the the voice mm-hmm. uh relaying all the orders yeah. as well i think the only thing was i just wondered you know probably just the editing and it, it's probably not in sequence but it, it just felt slightly out of sequence with the explosion of the beacon on the borg ship mm-hmm as well as Jack effectively ripping himself out from the system. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't until you see the cube blowing up. Exactly. That then, and the queen effectively dying, that yeah. then the, the, the Borg effect on these assimilated younger crew members begins to kind of peel away. And I, I just kind of thought that would go with the, destruction of the beacon because it's about transmitting it i don't think it is i think the beacon's transmitting orders to them but they're all connected to the uh, board queen they've all become the new collective so it's only when the board queen goes that they're removed from the collective but they can no longer hear jack's orders when he comes out and when the beacon that also makes you know sense I mean? as well in terms of yeah. the Borg collective, yeah. So I yeah. felt like there were the the message that he was effectively rolling over and over again was uh, was execute anyone that isn't uh, isn't Borg, um, so they didn't need to hear that over and over again. It's not like th- that's what I thought anyway. So uh, so the beacon stopped. That's fine. They can no longer hear any new orders, but they've got one in mind. And then when the Borg Queen dies, they're severed from the collective. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I thought happened. Yeah, that makes sense. I absolutely adored. The fight scenes mm-hmm. in this show, this those in particular this episode, they they just they didn't phone it in. Mm-hmm. If that mean, and I don't mean that in any way derogatory against any other show. It's just like they could have just like even the angles they chose when they they animated this, they could have just focused in on one. So you, yeah, like constantly we had multiple ships on screen at multiple times. Yep. Across this season, in particular, this end as well. So you saw, all, and I've been seeing across the previous weeks, and they always, people are clipping out different parts of this and like, oh, here's the USS X. Like, can you believe this detail? Mm-hmm. Here's this USS. Yeah. Like, we're going to see this across this episode. Oh my God. Did you see that they, they, they hit the X with this extra photon or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Again. The wording is going to be the interesting part, but what people pull from these scenes. Absolutely. But it looked beautiful. The just the yeah. flybys and again, we talked about the carpet bombing by Crusher earlier. Mm-hmm. That by itself is spectacular. You crank it up even further today 
in this scene where you see like hundreds of ship firing upon the space station and then going after this yeah. one tiny ship in the front. Fun, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. um, and again, the cloaking technology looked fantastic. Mm, yeah. Uh, but that is the end of that. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. And you can see the detail in some of the, uh, some of the ships that maybe the uh, taking over of the ship hadn't gone so well. And you see them kind of falling out of the, out of the sky going towards earth. I thought that was quite interesting because it's not all as focused as it had been when they were all collectively together. I thought those little touches that were there, uh, it's interesting. And maybe we'll give a little call back to, uh, to a moment back in, I think it was season one, no season two of Picard where we had uh, the cavalry arriving and a cavalry of a, a fleet of, uh, from Starfleet and every ship looked exactly the same and lots of criticism of that. Uh, where um, a lot of uh, a lot of fans kind of said they weren't really putting in the work that they would have expected from uh, from Star Trek, so um, they certainly put in the work this season. Where we have Absolutely. very distinctive looking ships here. This does not look like a sea of the same ship copy and pasted multiple times. Which I know, in fairness to the actual people that behind Star Picard season two. I know it's not that simple. Uh, I know they did a hell of a lot of work, but they got a lot of criticism from uh, fans who were never satisfied with anything. Um, so, so they definitely looked at it in a different way for this scene where we have hundreds of different types of ships all standing yeah. out, all different yeah. and all identifiable if you want to look close enough into them. So I'd say this uh, is going to be very interesting. This is actually being shown in IMAX uh, in the US and eight cities across the US, these two episodes back to back. The night before it premieres on on uh, Paramount Plus, um, so I'd be really intrigued to see what people's reaction to this massive scene is going to be like on uh, on the big screen. Yeah. No, absolutely, be really excited. Are we getting some hooting and hollering? I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of dead in the water starships, yeah. actually, as the Enterprise D comes back and you see it joining up with the Titan. Yeah, there is a lot of damage to Starfleet here yeah, as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, I loved the, this battle uh, over Earth. Um, so that's my main point. Excellent, excellent. We've already talked about it a little bit um, here, but uh, but the my major point from the episode, because I just loved how this closes out the story of Seven of Nine. Um, at the end of this third season, we saw her return uh, in the first season, uh, being on the outs. Uh, we saw her in the second season, working with the Fenris Rangers, not wanting to be in Starfleet. And this season, we see her starting the season, having rejoined Starfleet, having joined Starfleet for the first time, actually. Um, and now we see her finally getting the commission of captain from her former teammate Tuvak, who we learn is uh, is safe and sound. Yes, you know that didn't pan out for me exactly as I was expecting it to, but they did drop a line which said yeah. exactly what I said would happen: that everybody that was replaced by a changeling would be found somewhere. And Picard says everybody from the higher officers to the lowest uh, of officers that were replaced were all found. So I would have liked to see it in some way if you wanted to get in some extra cameos uh, for the final episode. You could have gone, um, you know, Janeway was replaced. Here she was, safe and sound with uh, with Tuvok. If you only had her on set for half an hour to do a quick a quick cameo, you could have done it that way. But at least we got a great moment uh, with Tim Russ here uh, coming back as the real Tuvok and able to yeah. uh, give, I guess, his closest compatriot aboard uh, aboard uh, Voyager uh, her captain commission um, and being able to deny her from. Uh, leaving and giving in her resignation from Starfleet. So I thought that was great. I really, really enjoyed the scene. The fact that it connected back to Sean, what her his actual feelings about yeah. her were, that she doesn't 
just go by the rule book like he does. And I love that he admits it's really boring to go by the rule book. The rule book is really boring in Starfleet. <laughs> so, um, so nice to have someone like her that will challenge it and she will make a great leader. So, uh, so look, there was some kindness behind all of that with, uh, with Shaw, which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I loved this. I thought it really built on just Shaw's actual handing over of command. Exactly. That, you know, this wasn't a death throes. Yeah sort of not token offering but almost that because there's no alternative yeah. that you see here in this moment that he had this recommendation in his log after that her last evaluation yeah. so i, I really it's not that. just the four days before his death that, no, it, exactly. that it changed his mind about um, her he knew that she was he knew that she was uh worthy of the job absolutely. and we do get this all playing out as a, as the show ends we get um captain seven taking her seat aboard her new ship um and it has been renamed we have a new enterprises in town uh, since we just lost the enterprise f which we saw for about three and a half seconds last episode <laughs> um we have the enterprise 1701g um looking very cool all retooled uh, from the titan and with all of its crew uh, aboard which is all of our cast from uh, from the season that we've watched so far. So um, everybody that's left, of course. Yeah. Um, Rafi in the number one chair. Yeah. An interesting... Was not expecting. Yeah, an interesting relationship there between um, Captain and, uh, and First Officer, uh, which will hopefully be explored in a future uh, a future series. And you kind of mentioned it earlier on, but yeah, Jack uh, on board as special counsel on board. Um, I guess the 20 years that he's... Well, no, he's only 20 himself. I guess the... 10 years or so he spent running around the galaxy with uh, with Beverly Crusher gives him some um some special counsel. Yeah, uh, and I guess there. he's been fast tracked. We hear that yes. he's been fast tracked through the program. Yeah. Uh, it's his first commission effectively. Mm-hmm. But not an ensign. Um but not an ensign. Yeah. 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 I do like Ensign LaForge uh, already um, having a bit of banter with uh, with Jack, uh, saying that she doesn't really believe anything he says normally, so it doesn't follow what he says. So, uh, so yeah, look, this is a good crew. I've really enjoyed seeing them. I know they've been smaller characters in a show much more focused on the Next Generation cast, of course, but uh, but I think we have a good lineup of people here that uh, that will make a very interesting show if we do get a spin-off of Star Trek Legacy in the future. God, yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, I will watch this. From day one. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is the perfect level. You, you've got all, you've got some kind of, you got some already re- relationship stuff going on with Rafi and Seven. Mm-hmm. You've got Borg with Seven uh, and the kind of xenophobia that we've already, like they introduced just enough of everything that you would want. You've got the hint of some of these characters and what they're capable of and who they are. Mm-hmm. And you've set it up that they are now, we, we joked about the legacy. They are the legacy, literally, of the Enterprise. They exactly. are taking that. And as Jack says, sometimes names mean a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've potentially got the, the skills of Jack. You know, is he still able to do the red eye thing? No. So they call this out very quickly, <laughs> which is Crusher essentially is able to or admiral crusher is able to remove the receiving borg dna and all the people who took so basically the receiving dna from the people in the transporters but that again is a split so technically if some people haven't taken a transporter 
since the, to get pulled out, that DNA pulled out of them, he could probably maybe somewhat yeah. still control I, them. I was just wondering but, whether it was latently sort of residing there. You know, maybe Beverly decided not to put him through that or whatever. I, who knows? It's, but, it's more about the receivers. Yeah, it's more yeah, about yeah. the about the other people that don't have it. But yes, they could they could absolutely use that if they have a, a 26 episode season for the first season. Absolutely. There's, a, but, there's a way of turning him bad again. But there's already, you know, there is a question mark or there is some future event that could lead to that. You know, so it... it you can just kind of yeah. taste how it's going to be exciting. You yeah. know, you've, oh, yeah. you've got the the whole um, Intel officer side of Rafi as well. Yeah. There's the potential relationship with Sidney LaForge and Jack. Yeah. And just getting to know, like, you know, Ensign Mura and mm-hmm. just more about the crew of the new USS yeah. Enterprise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agrafi even calls it out, doesn't she, that uh, that Starfleet have effectively given uh, their brand new uh, enterprise to a a thief, a criminal, and um and a fugitive uh, yeah. <laughs> on board, and that's the senior command crew of this of this ship. Uh, yeah. Love that. Thought that was thought that was really good. So that again, if that's your tagline for uh, for Enterprise G coming uh, coming next fall to uh, to Paramount Plus, hey, it might work for me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course. Her engage line, whatever that is, oh, uh, yes. will oh, be yeah. revealed. So, mm-hmm. you know, a nice little moment there. Yes. That's clever. It, that yeah. is a very it clever was. move. Yeah. Because, again, they would have been, there's going to be forum posts and literally discussions on the social web for months <laughs> about what she could say and what she will say yeah, until absolutely. they decide. Definitely, definitely. I feel like that's something that they did in Discovery with uh, with Michael Burnham when she finally became captain, um, that they made a really big deal about what it is she was going to say as her first command word. Um, I feel like they've done it on one of the other Star Trek shows as well. So I thought it was kind of cool to have her have that, uh, as I call it, the Captain America moment where he never gets to say Avengers until the final moment in the big battle in Avengers Endgame. That's the first time he says Avengers Assemble. So it's kind of that moment where you're pulling the audience away from um, yeah. from almost her, having her commit to her big moment. She knows it's important. Uh, we'll see it if we see uh, the characters back in the future in their stories. So, uh, so yes, big moment. Absolutely loved it. What a great arc Seven's had in this series. It's been a really interesting character to bring on board um, from episode one of Picard, uh, season one. Um, I think the story has really felt like a Picard story and a Seven story, and her getting as much time uh, throughout the series I thought was great. So, yeah, excellent. What what a capper. Oh, yeah. No, and I think we can all say that we want to see this show. So mm-hmm. hopefully when we come back for our 10 forward quiz uh, wrap-up, we will have confirmation. We may I don't know, think yeah. they'll wait that long. I hope mm. that they'll kind of give us some news a couple of days after maybe some point. Well, potentially, because if this this was done back-to-back with season two, then it was done yeah, a while ago. Yeah, it was done last year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, don't, I think they'll maybe hopefully have made their decisions and will announce mm-hmm. Touch wood. Uh, pretty quick. Absolutely. Well, since they just announced this week that we're getting a, a Section 31 movie starring uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, coming, uh, production begins uh, later this year. Um, that's been in, in the uh, in the fires for uh, for five years now. Uh, but yeah. but they did make the announcement. Uh, so you never know. We may have uh, a confirmation of uh, of that Star Trek legacy show coming pretty soon. Good stuff. And um, that's my point. Chris, how about yourself? What's the, uh, what's your big moment from the episode? Your big point from the episode. So I'm going to wrap us up. I'm going to kind of go, like everything is wrapped. We get this fitting, 
beautiful end to the next generation. And we've just talked about the new beginning, but we'll we'll kind of finish that in a second. But the fitting end to the next generation, the the the, the actual cast and crew, they get their goodbyes, and everyone got a moment. Yeah, yeah. everyone got a perfect moment, just to- tooled to either their current status within Picard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and be it through kind of. Beverly kind of becoming an admiral again, coming back to Starfleet, being the the one to bring Picard and um, kind of Jack to the Enterprise, to being the one who actually then became scientific department, who's the one rolling out the change to get rid of the mm-hmm. Borg, all of these things, like Worf being the one to basically fix Rafi's family problem. Which I never would have guessed would have been that character doing that. Yeah, yeah, it was a great moment as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed that because remember that was um, the choice that she had to make uh, during the season was either to pursue the um, conspiracy that she was investigating or to go back to her family. Ridiculous choice, but now they're proud of her, and now she's going to finally get to see her granddaughter. And it was even from before, so. Even like this cures some of that issues up to season one where mm-hmm. she was a drug addict and recovering yeah. and things like that cures a lot of these um, narrative beats that have happened. So mm-hmm. all of this plus data doing a moment, getting a very data moment where he's going through counseling with mm-hmm. Troy and <laughs> yeah. talking about getting angry about a cat, which is a callback to spot. Uh-huh. Like just this really great. Little moments Absolutely. you see then. I love the Troy. I love the Troy's trying to book her holiday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <Absolutely. laughs> During this, uh, this counseling event, that's uh, it's the third third session, is it? I yeah, think, yeah. and uh, and it's this gone week. over an hour again. Yeah. And he's going to go back the next day as well. Maybe being human as far as as difficult as it was uh, trying to be human. Yes. Uh, great. And when Riker goes, "How are you?" I'm okay. Yes. And you're like, yes. <laughs> That's the ultimate Irish Asher and Grant. It's I'm fine. Grant. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone getting these beats culminating in 10 forward, mm-hmm. them slagging Guinan, and even just, she wasn't there though. I know, that's the one line that didn't work for me. Yep. Because we had everybody sitting around that table going, Guinan's giving us the side eye for the last half hour, and you go, well, just don't mention Guinan yeah. if you're not going to be able to show her in yeah. the episode. Um, yeah. It just felt weird that they would mention it. Maybe they were hoping that Whoopi Goldberg could come back for five minutes to to yeah. uh, to be on screen, but uh, but they didn't. Or they uh, were going to digitally back. throw her in, and they forgot. Yeah. But they did. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, that one again. It was that was weird. But then yeah. having Picard saying his closing speech, mm-hmm. which is the ultimate kind of thespian yeah. monologue speech out yeah and then they finish with poker absolutely which was just you you don't even need to be be a massive next generation fan to be happy with the poignancy of these friends coming together sharing this final moment Mm -hmm. you see them all it looked like they were just this was probably the last day of filming like and they were just all having a laugh back after yeah. years of being together and apart and now back together yeah. for one final. You get that sense from the wrap-up. Um, overall, absolutely, just poignantly well brought together and a fantastic end. 
absolutely. And a new beginning. We talked about Seven, and then you get Jack and Q. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. post credits. Yes. This I was not expecting. Yes, John Delancey back uh, in great form here uh, after last season. Um, again, I it, it's Q. We kind of thought there's there's a possibility, even though they're saying definitively that will not happen. <laughs> we will not see him again. Uh, I do like that instantly he's going, stop thinking so linearly. Uh, he is an omnipotent being, of course. So, <laughs> so of course, he can come back and find a way to come back. Um, look, I, I prefer it this way. If you're going to bring Q back in, in this way, I, I kind of prefer that he's um, he's saying, as he does, being mischievous and saying, uh, yes, Picard's trials are finished. Um, but yours have just started. It's a nice setup if you're going to do another season. Um, yeah, I did like it, even though it feels like it's kind of twisting on people that may have liked season two or were or had enjoyed Q's story. It feels like they're twisting uh, it on on them. But I think overall, season three has been more successful, and people will probably remember season three much more than uh, what happened in season two. I I thought this was great. Uh, I don't care, and yeah. you know. <laughs> Q was one of the really great things about season two Certainly as well. Was. And yep. yes, he's right. He is by nature like Loki, the mischievous god, mm-hmm. you know. So him springing up and basically telling Jack, stop being so sort of blinkered and, well, I terrorized your father. I'm going to terrorize you now. <laughs> I just thought it was really, and really good. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought. Really good, and absolutely, it's cemented for for me that there will be a show um, like that as an end credit scene. Effectively, yeah, I don't think you put that in if there's nowhere to go from it. Yeah. Even if we never see Q in the new show, it is just there will be something else. Yeah. There will be another member of the Q that I think know. it's a good way because you can literally open with a remake version of uh farpoint again for their first yeah. literally like you could have it there for they're knocked thousands of years because of q or light years and it's that kind of interesting thing yeah. you have so many opportunities and it's just a good new beginning yeah with connections mm-hmm. i think that's always the key when it comes to star trek which is base it in some commonality so with Voyager, with Star Trek D Space Nine, with each of the major shows, there is some sliver of connective tissue to Starfleet to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you've got this here being with Jack, with the new crew, with Seven, with Rafi, building on. And then you got, do you know what? We're going to give them there a massive antagonist because you've just got rid of the Borg. Yeah. Yeah. So just absolutely fantastic. Really good. Yeah. Really good ending. Uh, guys, I could probably talk about this episode um, for another hour, but. Um, since since we're going on holiday we're going to have to probably wrap it here uh, we will be back to talk about it more um, in a couple of weeks time when we do our wrap up episode for Star Trek Picard uh, season 3 and all of Star Trek Picard uh, but I do want to make one note um, that I have from the episode one of the Easter egg that's there at the beginning of the episode I know uh, most people probably recognize what it was but I did want to call it out I thought it was a, a nice touch uh, where we had President Anton Chekhov yeah. uh, opening mm-hmm. up the episode calling for calling for aid uh, seems to be the son of Pavel Chekhov Pavel Chekhov being on the original um, on the original Enterprise uh, from Star Trek but the first name uh, Anton uh, 
seems to be a reference to Anton Yeltsin, who played Chekhov in the J.J. Abrams movies and sadly passed away at a very young age. Um, so yeah. I, I, I thought the reference was really good. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was done really well. Uh, and the connection that's there, like everything that's been done in the show is really well, really well observed. So, uh, good Easter egg. Well done. Yes, definitely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Anything else about the episode, Guy? Any other notes that you have? No, nothing from me. Nope. Right. Well, overall then, what did you think of the finale of Star Trek Picard, The Last Generation? John? I absolutely uh, loved this episode. Um, I'd give it five oh happy days out of five. Fantastic. Um, I just <laughs> absolutely loved uh, the Next Generation crew just coming together mm-hmm. to save, save the planet uh, to save the the solar system uh, from the Borg, mm-hmm. uh, it just had real meaning. Um, you know, in, in a sense, actually, I'm, I'm not even. You know, la- last week I, I was wondering, oh, will they bring the changelings back? They didn't really. You know, this was they just focused on the Borg, yeah. and I can see that mid reference to the alliance that they had made, which. Mm-hmm. We don't need to know anything of, um, you and, know, I, and made reference to the fact that Beverly had put something into the transporters. Yeah, then exactly. if there's a changeling now, they get caught. <laughs> so I, I really yeah. enjoyed seeing this crew working. I love mm-hmm. seeing uh, Raffi and Seven of Nine working. I, I just loved how it it really played on the fandom, the nostalgia for these great characters um, and really good actors. Did it in a meaningful way. Uh, and just interwove effectively, you know, potentially the 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 forward look of a of a legacy yeah. with seven of nine and Raffi uh, battling above Earth, but that final scene, I just thought it was really so well done. Um, I thought most of the quotes um, could have done 101 small points that <laughs> was really meaningful yep. uh, between the crew of the Enterprise. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely love this. Um, great to see Q in there for a few seconds, uh, at, in the end credits. So mm-hmm. scene. So, uh, yep. Yeah, for me, five, oh, happy days out of five. Really, really enjoyed this. Fantastic. Chris, how about yourself? What's your final thoughts? I, I'm going to save a lot of them for our wrap up because I want to talk about the series as a whole. Okay. But for a finale as a single, Entity, it was fantastic. Mm. It was really, really good. Playing on nostalgia, well written, leaning heavy into the strength of each of the actors, yeah, and the dialogue separately, and then bringing it to be something that's better than the sum of its parts. Um, so absolutely, just fantastic. Really enjoyed this, and sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's not anymore, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see when they announce what they announce. But overall, just absolutely loved this finale. Derek, yourself, what did you think of this finale? I thought this was fantastic. Um, the balance between what each of the characters got to do in this episode is something that I really thought was fantastically managed. Everybody gets a moment. Everybody gets something that plays their strengths. Everybody gets either a comedy moment or a very serious moment. Um, I thought it worked so well, yeah. and, and ending with the legacy of what we could see from a new cast in the future. Some uh, some of the cast that we know really well, some that we don't know well. Um, I think it was a great idea to do it that way. Some uh, some fantastic moments. Yeah, well done to, to Terry Madelis and the, the writing team for creating such a such a great story uh, this season. Um, something brand new for uh, for Star Trek where we've been able to enjoy the nostalgia and also enjoy a great science fiction story within this uh, within this world. So fantastic job. So happy. I'm so pleased. Um, 
I think if Deanna Troy is here, she would probably be going, why am I sensing enjoyment at uh, <laughs> this moment? <laughs> yes. So, yes, good stuff. Uh, I think after that, that's all. And exactly where the where the crew of uh, of the Enterprise ended. Let's go to 10 forward. Absolutely. Yes, fellow quizzers, fellow Trekkies, welcome to the final 10 forward pub quiz. It is, of course, question 10. Mm, the final question yes. in the final 10 forward the pub quiz. The final frontier question. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, I got there before me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, fellow quizzers and Trekkies. Question 10. What two words do Klingons never admit to knowing? Very good. Another it's great good line one. from the episode. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> John, one more time. What two words do Klingons never admit to knowing? Fantastic. That's 10 questions. Your chance to get your hands on some Picard goodies. All you need to do is get the 10 answers. Email them into us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com before the 5th of May. That's our closing date for this pub quiz. Um, if you have missed any of the questions, all you need to do is pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. There is a pub quiz button uh, at the top of the screen, and it'll give you all 10 questions for the pub quiz. And we'd love to see all your answers in uh, for all those questions. Great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us for this journey with Star Trek Picard Season 3. Really has been so much fun. We do hope you come back and join us for one of the other shows that we'll be covering. Uh, cover many, many shows uh, on TV podcast industries. Lots more to come this year uh, on the main feed. Uh, just again, go to the website and you can find loads of ways to subscribe to us. Yes, and make sure you send us your feedback to feedback at TV podcast industries. Dot com. So your thoughts on this season as a whole. What did you think? Let us know. Or you can head on over to facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries. And you can leave us your thoughts on this final episode and the season. And we'll read it out in our wrap up. Excellent stuff. Yes, as Derek mentioned before, we're going on a little bit of a break. But we will be back in May with the wrap-up, as uh, we have said. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the 10 forward pub quiz answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, the next thing we're doing, uh, brand new after that, is uh, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3, which comes out the weekend we return. Um, and then, of course, we have another uh, show which features people taking uh, the appearance of other of other people with Secret Invasion from Marvel coming from June 21st on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Excellent. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Who can we trust? Exactly. Exactly. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes. Thank you so much. And we'll speak to you very soon. Yes. Bye-bye, fellow Trekkies and Trekkers. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trekking. Bye. Bye. Bye.